For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Edith Shama. You're listening to Daybreak. Today we cover guest contributors' criticism of the grad student unionization movement, the end of Princeton's women's basketball season, Biden's first ever presidential veto, and a visit to Moscow by Chinese President Xi Jinping. It's Tuesday, March 21st. In recent months, the Princeton Grad Student Union, also known as the PGSU, has made the headlines at the Prince as the movement toward unionization has picked up momentum. By the end of February, a majority of the university's more than 3,000 grad students signed union cards. Yesterday night, an opinion article by a fifth-year grad student in the program in plasma physics and member of grad student government, Himawan Brunarto, calls for more skepticism towards the unionization movement. I sat down with community opinion editor Lucia Weatherall to break down the argument and how it relates to the greater campus discussion. Could you introduce yourself with your name, class year, and what you do for the Prince? Hi, I'm Lucia Weatherall. I'm a sophomore, and I'm the community opinion editor for the Prince. A lot of content that's come out of opinion about the Graduate Student Union has been pro-union, but this article isn't. What's the argument? This article sort of points out that there are several key issues that grad students have been talking about that may not be solved by the union. So, for example, grievance procedures, housing resources, PhD stipends, and union dues. It also points out some potential problems with both the political nature of a union and also the difficulty of disbanding a union and really holding it accountable. So, How do these arguments factor into the greater campus conversation on unionization? Yeah, in February, we had a really great piece encouraging students to sign union cards, and it's important to hear both sides of this debate. So this article has a lot of valid points that we should definitely consider as we move forward with potential unionization. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can read the opinion article at dailyprincipia.com or at the link in the show notes. Apologies to our regular listeners. Yesterday, we promised a recap of the women's basketball season with sports writer Isabel Rodriguez, who followed the team to Salt Lake City, Utah for the first two rounds of the March Madness tournament. Tune in tomorrow for a more detailed recap with her. But as a quick update, sadly, the women's basketball team lost in a tough game against Utah University, the number two seed with a final score of 63 to 56. Still, this was a strong season for the Tigers, as they took home their fourth back-to-back Ivy League championship, won an NCAA match, and won 24 games overall. In national news, today Biden issued his first-ever veto since taking office. The bill would have reversed a rule issued at the start of the Biden administration, allowing retirement account money managers to participate in environmental, social, and governance, or ESG, investing. This rule overrode a Trump-era policy that discouraged the consideration of ESG factors. The bill Biden vetoed passed the Republican-controlled House and was passed through Congress on March 1st, clearing the Senate with a 50 to 46 vote, with three Democrats and one Republican not voting. Two Senate Democrats, Joe Manchin from West Virginia and John Tester from Montana, joined Republicans because they felt the Biden rule was an example of government overreach that would impose a policy agenda on Americans' retirement accounts. Biden announced his veto over Twitter, accompanied with a video of him at his desk in the Oval Office explaining his reasoning. I just signed this veto because the legislation passed by the Congress would put at risk the retirement savings of individuals across the country. They couldn't take into consideration investments that wouldn't be impacted by climate, impacted by overpaying executives, and that's why 
I decided to veto it. It makes sense to veto it. A lead author of the bill, Republican Senator Mike Braun of Indiana, criticized Biden's veto, calling it a rejection of, quote, bipartisan consensus. Opposition to ESG investment policies from the right is a part of larger criticism of progressive policies from the left and their alleged infringement on Americans' rights to make their own decision. In international news, yesterday, Chinese President Xi Jinping landed in Moscow to begin three days of negotiations with Russian President Vladimir Putin. This marks Xi's first visit to Moscow since the invasion of Ukraine and his first overseas trip since the start of his third term earlier this month. The visit has been branded by Beijing media as a, quote, journey of friendship, cooperation, and peace. End quote, during which Xi is meant to play a constructive role in peace talks. As Putin faces continuing pressures from economic sanctions, depleting military supplies, and an impending international criminal court arrest warrant, Xi's visit demonstrates both support for Putin and an attempt to challenge Western opposition to Putin. This also follows recent concern from Western officials that China may be providing military assistance to Russia, a suspicion that Beijing promptly denied. Following our coverage from yesterday's episode, yesterday afternoon, three of Donald Trump's lawyers, Drew Feinling, Jennifer Little and Marissa Goldberg pushed back against another legal challenge against Trump, this time in Georgia. They filed a motion to throw out the report by the Fulton County Special Grand Jury in Georgia that investigated Trump's possible interference in the 2020 election results. This motion also seeks to quash any evidence or testimony from Fulton County's investigation. This news marks the latest update in a series of legal troubles from the former president. Per his own social media postings and security preparations made at a Manhattan courthouse, Trump could face an indictment and arrest today by the Manhattan district attorney for his campaign's hush money payment to an adult film star, Stormy Daniels, during the campaign. Happy second day of spring. Expect mostly sunny skies with a high of 61 and a low of 35 tonight. And go enjoy some time outside. That's all for Daybreak today. Today's episode was written by Connor Kim and me, sound engineered by Isabel Jacobson, and produced under the 147th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, class of 22. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Eden Tashoma. Have a wonderful day.